1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is What well, I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity May. It's a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro?
0: I'm very good, Bryce. Glad to be back for another episode.
1: Always, always good to be back. Fresh off our visit to Melbourne last week, we've got a show coming up tomorrow. Tuesday 29th Uh, if you are up to date and listening to this episode on Monday then there is still time to get tickets if you're in or around Sydney. It was an absolute screamer of a night down in Melbourne so don't miss out we'd love to see you and catch up with you but enough of that Ren. Time to uh, kick into our episode today. So short selling Ren or short sellers is what we're going to be discussing today. You've probably heard the terminology short or long And we're going to be addressing the short side of things, really breaking it down. It's a pretty good time to be talking about it at the moment, Ren.
0: It is, it is. That's why we're doing it. Because a company that was a market darling, I guess you would say, WiseTech Global, ASX Code WTC, it's a software company that has had an interesting year, I guess you could say. It was up about 125% year to date at its peak and was up over a hundred percent and then someone wrote some not so kind things about them and essentially a short seller has come in and said they're finding ways to misstate some of their financials I guess. Yeah um,
1: and also that their acquisition strategy hasn't been as successful as they I guess have led investors to believe.
0: And they're, yeah, they're down about 25% since that report was released. Now there's a ongoing battle, I guess you could say, between the company WiseTech and the short seller, which is at J Capital Research. So is J Capital Research just a big schoolyard bully or what? Well, I guess it depends who you ask and that's <laughs> that's probably how we're going to kick it off. But I guess before we get into that, it, it probably is worth explaining that this short seller report where hedge fund research house like these J Capital research people will essentially put a short position on themselves and we're going to explain what that is in the episode, but they will bet that the company's share price will go down and then they will write a report, make it public make it as splashy as possible and almost try and make their investment, their short investment, a self-fulfilling prophecy through their report and yeah. through through the media attention that they get. It's taken down some notable names. Blue Sky Alternative Investments was a Australian-listed investment firm that invested in alternative assets, things like water rights and stuff like that, and they got taken to task by a short seller report and they're still kicking around, but they lost a lot. I'm, I'm going to look up exactly how much. Do you, want to put a, do you want to have a guess on how much they lost?
1: In market value? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know what their market capitalization would have been, but I'm going to say, I actually have no idea. I'm going to say over $2 billion.
0: So, you think $2 billion. I don't know if it was actually ever worth $2 billion to begin with. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> maybe it went negative. It almost went negative, I guess. It's lost over a billion dollars in value. And it's, I think, yeah, its shares are now suspended from the ASX and in receivership. So, it's essentially, it's done, really.
1: Wow, what a story.
0: Yeah. So, I guess for short sellers who are writing these reports, that's the that's what they want to achieve that's the gold standard that's how they really make their money but you know even short sellers who have written this report about wise tech will have done all right for themselves already so I guess that's the context for this discussion it's an interesting thing that we're seeing more and more in Australia and I guess the question well maybe not the question that naturally comes but The Motley Fool, our rival podcast, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. They, the chief investment officer for the Australian Motley Fool has an investing podcast as well. Wrote this thing where he was basically like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read the quote. He said, now I'm on record as saying I think short selling is a huge and unnecessary distraction for capital markets. I would simply ban it. And for me, that's interesting and we'll get into what short selling is and how these reports are, I guess, contributing or harming, depending on who you ask, but um, I reckon it's a pretty dumb comment off the bat.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to the argument and we'll get into that a bit later, but let's go back a step and break down what short selling actually is so Everyone can get a bit of understanding around what you just discussed, Ren. And so we'll we'll have a look at that. We'll then go through an example of how you actually make money as a short seller. Why would you do short selling? How it's possible to short sell as a retail investor or if it is even possible, And then maybe close out with a couple of stories if, if any come to mind throughout the episode, Ren. So I might just kick off and, and break it down a bit. As you said, Ren, short sellers want the price of their stock that they're interested in or the company to to fall in value. And that's actually how short sellers make their money, by, by a stock falling in price. Simply put, all it is is an investor borrowing stock. And then what they do is they then sell the stock and then buy the stock back at a later date to return to the person that they bought it for. Now, of course, what they're hoping happens during that time that they are borrowed that stock and st- sold it into the market, they're hoping that the stock price falls and then they take the, the windfall between what they sold it for and then what they can buy it back for. However, I guess the risk with that, Ren, is that if, they, if their pet goes wrong, like we're seeing with Tesla at the moment, and the stock price actually goes up, then they have to buy it back at a higher price, and so they're at risk of losing a lot of money in that respect. So, simply put, that's what it is. It's it's the borrow of a stock that is then sold into the market, and then the short seller buys it back at a later date, hopefully at a at a lower price when their thesis, I guess, comes to fruition, and then they make a, a fair bit of money. But as you said, Ren, you know, they're not, it's not really a. a style of investing that is looked upon favorably by the market, because at the end of the day, they're hoping for a pretty negative outcome for the remaining investors in the company who are investing in it from a, from a long position, hoping that it's going to go up in price.
0: Yeah, you, are, you don't make many friends betting against everyone else's financial interest. <laughs> no.
1: So, I might just give a quick example, and then we can move on to why we might do short selling, might be part of the strategy. So let's just break it down a bit. If I think that Equity Mates Proprietary Limited is overvalued, and that's one reason short sellers often buy into a stock or want to short a stock is they think that it's overvalued at the current price. So let's say Equity Mates is currently hundred dollars per share, and I want to short that stock. What I would do is borrow, say, ten stocks from my broker or someone willing to actually lend me ten stocks. I'll then go and sell those stocks into the market for $100. So, you know, that's 100 times 10. So I'm going to have $1,000 that I've sold them for. I'm then hoping that that stock drops to, say, $50, at which point I would then buy those 10 stocks back for $500 and I would keep the $500 difference giving those 10 stocks back to the lender. So I've made a $500 profit there. However, as we said, the risk with that is the if the short doesn't happen if the stock price continues to rise and continues to rise over time i'm eventually going to have to close that position and buy them back at a much higher price and you know I, I can lose out so i think something to remember with short selling is that the downside is unlimited because if your stock just keeps going up and up and up you can certainly lose more money than you have put in ran so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months
1: plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Now, the, there's one problem with that whole story. And that is that you would think too short Equity Mates Proprietary Limited in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly just didn't believe anything you said from them.
1: <laughs> that's a good point we should only using equimates proprietary limited as a long example but for the sake of this one i apologize to you I the- <laughs> will never use equity mates as a short example again
0: so i guess at this point the really brief way to sum it up is when you buy a share you're betting a stock will rise in price similarly when you short a share you're just betting that the stock price will go down it's it's really no more complicated than that the the way you actually make the trade is a little bit more complicated but what you're trying to do is you think a share price is going to go down and you make the trade accordingly
1: so then the question is ren why would i think about using short or shorting
0: because you think the share price is going to go down <laughs>
1: Yeah, but like, why would I think that a share price might go down? Is it just the opposite to why it might be going up? I think, you know, generally speaking from what I've, you know, the bigger stories or the more successful short sellers, they, they're looking for things like fraud or, you know, those parts of the organisation that, um, you know, they're trying to cover up, I guess, uh, as you said at the start, WiseTech covering up perhaps the, the actual underlying parts of the business that they don't want investors to know. They're almost like the detectives for the share market.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, look, my answer was a little bit of a smart-ass answer. There's there's a number of reasons why, but I guess you could really break it into two broad categories. The first one is the less exciting one, and that is that um, some people have long short trading strategies. so that it, we, without getting into the detail, it just might it might be that they are shorting a particular company or shorting a few companies in an industry because it's part of their strategy that you know they think one company might outperform an industry or something. it, it just might be a trade that they're trying to put on. So professional investors may use shorting as a tool to put on their trades. So that's the less exciting one and one that we probably don't really have anyone that we can borrow shares off. So that first one is probably a little bit outside of what we're trying to do in our investing lives. But the second one is the sexier one than the one that you hear about and the one where short selling really gets its reputation and that is, you know, when people think companies are overvalued or committing fraud and they are making a bet that the company's going to get found out and go down.
1: So you mentioned there, Ren, you know, the difficulty of, of shorting and something that we might we might not be able to do. Let's jump into how we can do it if if we want to as a retail investor.
0: Let's start with how the big the, the big, big end girls. of town do it. Yeah, to explain why it's probably not available to us. You know, as you explained it, you've got to borrow the shares, and technically, I could probably make an agreement with you if you own. A share that I want to short that I'll borrow it off you, and we could we could do it that way I guess. But realistically, most investors are borrowing it off big insurance companies or big asset managers that for or you know pension funds or whatever it is that hold a whole bunch of these shares and hold them for a very long time horizon, and it, it sort of allows these big institutions it gives them another way to make money from their shares. So you essentially pay these companies to borrow their shares, you sell them into the market, and then you promise to buy the shares back for that company at a later date. You know, an insurance company isn't going to let us borrow their shares. No, Um, not that we've asked,
1: you never know, you don't
0: ask. (laughs) True. (laughs) So that's probably not available to us um, in its purest form. However, in saying that, there is an option available to us if we do want to short shares. The option that is available to investors like you or I is their their options. And options are basically a financial instrument that you can buy that gives us rights to uh, do certain things under certain circumstances. The option's... Here that we're talking about, there's there's two that are relevant. They're call options and put options. Now you can buy and sell. You can you know you, a trade is always has two sides, and you can be on either side of the trade. Let's not worry too much about that. In the barest of the of uh, strip back ways, if you wanted to bet on the price of a company going up, you could buy. Call options. Now, what that does, it, it it gives you the right, but you're not obliged to. But it, it gives you the right to uh, buy the underlying security, so the underlying share, for a specific price at a certain date. And so, what that would mean as a worked example is, you know, if you bought options for Equity Mates Investing Company at ten dollars a share, and at that date, Equity Mates was trading at fifteen dollars a share. Well then you could exercise your right to buy the shares at $10 even though they're trading at $15 on the open market. So that's a win for you. You've um you've instantly made the difference. The flip side of that is you can buy put options. Now, you'd buy these if you thought the share price was going down and similar to call options, it gives you the right, but again not all the obligation. It just lets you gives you the right to sell a specific number of securities at a specific price on a specific date. And so, to use the Equity Mates example again, if you bought put options and it gave you the right to sell Equity Mates shares, and let's say the price was $10, and on the date Equity Mates was trading at $5, you could exercise your right to sell equity mate shares at $10, even though they're actually trading at $5 and make the difference?
1: Yeah, I think just one thing to add to that is that with those examples, it doesn't have to be on the strike date. That's when the transaction or your option expires. You do have the ability to do it before the expiration date. Otherwise, you'd have to be picking very, very specific date and hoping all goes well. So you can exercise your rights on or before the expiration date, which gives you a bit more flexibility. So, I guess the question is, Ren, how easy is it to do these shorts as a retail investor? I mean, it's not something that I guess is incredibly easy to understand and execute.
0: I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that options are difficult because they're risky and there's a time dimension to them. And So it's not about just being right, but it's about being right in a certain time frame. For that reason, I don't use them. I I don't think you do either. Any beginner investor would be advised not to. If you're borrowing shares and you're shorting a company, you don't have to be right within a specific time frame. You can keep borrowing the shares for as long as the company will let you borrow them. But if you're buying options, there's a set date when it expires, the option will expire. And so you know some of these shorts take years to to play out and so it's it's it adds a level of risk because of that time dimension
1: yeah so there's uh, i found a fascinating twitter thread this morning ran on on a a short seller who's been very vocal about his position with tesla now as as you and i know tesla has has been one company that has attracted a lot of attention from short sellers over the last few years. You know, we've spoken about it quite a fair bit on our show. And, you know, uh, Elon Musk has always had a different view and has actually been quite aggressive at, at some stages towards short sellers and their view that Tesla is just a hogus bogus company and should eventually go to zero. But to your point of risk, I think it was what two days ago that Tesla announced that they've had, you know, that they're back in profit, annihilated this short seller and his position. He, he essentially said in, uh, with Tesla for about two years, And for various reasons, you know, he says the CEO lies, breaks laws, treats people like shit and is regarded as a hero. And he also thinks that Tesla's operationally deficient and can't sustain profitability and its stock price is disconnected from reality. So those are his reasons for shorting the company. And he still believes those reasons to be true. But the risk that he took and the amount that he sort of bet that the price would head to zero essentially got wiped out when the stock went up 20%, and so his positioning was just completely blown out of the water and now he's back to square ones. So, yeah, big risks involved, and the, the risks as well, I think, very important just when you're thinking about leverage as well. Your downside is virtually unlimited if you don't get out of your position. Unlike a long position, if the stock goes to zero, all you're going to lose is the money that you put in, but with shorting, that that's not the case. So do you want to chat about any sort of famous short-selling or notable stories that have come to fruition over the last few years, Ren? There's a really good Netflix documentary, I think, that's worth shouting out. It's part of the Dirty Money series about Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Done a bit of reading into them.
0: We won't spoil the episode, but I would say that is a must-watch. Actually, the whole series is a must-watch. The Valiant Pharmaceuticals story is a pretty famous one. The Australian investor and short seller John Hampton was heavily involved, as well as the short seller who's about our age. So what are we doing with our lives? Farmy <laughs> Kadar. So that that's a really good one. The the most famous short selling story I think is Enron and um, Jim Chainos was the big short seller who really pointed out a lot of their fraud in two thousand and two thousand and one. Um there's a what's the what's the movie called? Um, smartest Guys in the Room, the Enron story. That's uh, I don't know. I haven't that's seen a good it. one as well if you want to watch that. No, so, I haven't seen it. look, I, I think if we tie this back into the beginning of the episode and the comment about banning short sellers, I think what you see in some of the stories of short sellers finding big frauds like in these cases is they play a really important function in the market they're they're often wrong and the market figures out that they're wrong and share prices recover it may take some time but if the business is a good business you shouldn't be worried about the day-to-day share price anyway but the important thing is that where there is fraud where there's an Enron or a Valiant Pharmaceuticals that are lying to the market lying to you know the government and to regulators and let's be honest fraudulently taking our money as investors short sellers play an important role in figuring that out and stopping the harm well before regulators have been doing so um for that reason i reckon the idea of stopping them is nonsense if anything we should go a little bit easier on them and also just how are you going to ban it like it's just how are you going to stop people writing reports that are negative and only make people write reports that are positive like come on mate it's just anyway that's my rant yeah
1: it seems a bit ridiculous and at the other end of the spectrum as well you know you've got analysts writing just as ridiculous reports about why companies are going to be successful and almost trying to drive the stock price the other way so it's my it's not as as negative i guess but if the argument is that they're often wrong and they shouldn't be doing it and they're getting in the way, then you should look, I guess, take a look at how many analysts write uh, long reports and, and are often wrong as well. So um, something to keep in mind, I guess. But if you're interested in learning more or getting a real-life example of what's going on and how it's playing out, definitely look up Wise Tech. As Ren said at the start, it's been an ASX market darling for a couple of years now with extraordinary capital gains and growth. And just have a read of the report that this short seller has, has put out and you'll get a good understanding of, of why they're saying it. And then take a look at, I guess, some of the counter arguments that are coming through from some of the, the long asset managers or, or analysts. So, we'll probably leave it there, Ren. Good sort of summary on, on short selling. I hope uh, everyone is able to at least understand the, the basics of, of how and, and why short sellers exist.
0: I guess if you don't, don't worry about it. It's not something that you need to worry about doing in your investing journey at the moment. So, yeah. Just don't worry about it. (laughs) Just don't worry about (laughs) it. Just ignore everything that we've spoken about in the last half an
1: hour. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, always good to chat stocks and and markets with you, Ren, and we'll uh, pick it up again on Thursday.
0: And if you haven't signed up in the time that you've listened to this episode, live show. Yes, live show tomorrow. Sign up. Six o'clock.
1: Equitymates.com forward slash Finimize for tickets. That's F-I-N-I-M-I-Z-E. Nice one.
0: Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how they pertain to your individual situation.